Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. But we finished the Bible, and now we're doing something a little different for four episodes. I'm Lauren O'Neill. I'm the ex-Christian. And I'm Nico Bakulich, the non-believing sort of Jew. And this is still not a Christian Bible study podcast. Nor is it appropriate for children. Nico, what the hell is going on? We did two seasons. We did season one, Mm -hmm. followed by season two. Now that makes sense. Is this season three? What's the deal? Well, we are doing a brief genre experiment. Now, we've been making the same show for quite a while, uh, and it's been extremely fun. But, you know, I wanted to take this opportunity, this season break, after we finished the main canonical Bible and a bunch of Apocrypha, to try out something a little different. Something that might be fun for us, hopefully is fun for the listeners as well, and lets us explore some Bible-adjacent content. (laughs) Now, I mentioned a genre experiment. Yes, what genre are we experimenting with? Surrealism? Uh, no. Noir? R&B? Not yet. Not yet. No, what we're actually going to do is something that's called an actual play role-playing podcast. And uh, what is that? That's a podcast where people play, actually, Whoa. a role-playing game of some kind, and then the whole thing is recorded. And w- what precisely do you mean by role-playing game? That's an excellent question, because we're talking about the classics, tabletop role-playing games. Games of imagination and collaborative storytelling. Wow. Things like Dungeons and Dragons and many others, I'm sure. <laughs> Comma and others. Um, so what is the name of the game that we are playing for this four-episode mini-season? The game we're playing is called Testament. And let me tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, because so when we were preparing for this, mm-hmm. here's what I was imagining. Can right. I tell you what I was imagining? I was thinking back to chick tracts right and how they say that dungeons and dragons is like a tool for satan Mm -hmm. to like possess you or as if that were something bad discourage kids from playing so i was thinking when i heard that we were doing like a Mm bible-based dungeons and dragons type game i thought it was going to be like as written by someone very like jack chick and that it was going to be like no sense of humor all about trying to give glory to God and Mm -hmm. and not do any magic that's not like directly from the Bible because that would be satanic. You Mm -hmm. know, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a very square game, like nerdy, but in a bad way. Okay. I was also expecting that when I first heard about Testament. And what I heard about Testament was that it was a Bible-based role-playing game. I was like, we got to do that on the show. And we kind of thought, at least I kind of thought it'd be like a so bad is good type of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, where we'd kind of be making fun of it as we went. But that's not what happened. That's true, because Testament actually ended up being focused only on the Old Testament. No Jesus involved. Yeah. Also, it's basically a modification of Dungeons & Dragons that is taking the rules of Dungeons & Dragons and applying them to the biblical setting. So lots of stuff from Dungeons & Dragons now has, like, biblical analogs. Like, instead of being a cleric, you can be a Levite. Right, or instead of being a human or an elf or a dwarf, you can be an Israelite or an Egyptian or a Canaanite. Seems a little problematic, but... I, I didn't make that that equation. Moving on. I don't write it. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So it's, it's very interesting to see how this game that was designed originally as Dungeons & Dragons was to be a medieval warfare simulator gets translated into uh, a very religiously and historically important setting. Yes. So I wrote a little campaign. We got some of our friends together, and baby, we just made a podcast. A podcast. That's right. A hodgepodge cast. 
Um, and you, our listeners may not know, you have experience as a D&D dungeon master or DM. That's right. And so for this adventure, you became the, the Bible master or BM. Is that correct? Oh, totally. Okay. I became the Bible master and guided your party of adventurers on a, a journey through time, really, to a, a, a time of magic, of, of danger, action, adventure, and love. Wow. All the things you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have two lovely guests joining us because you can't play D&D with two people. And uh, I will let them introduce themselves. Here is episode one of four of mini season 2.5, Sunday School Dropouts Plays Testament. We really hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you at the end of the episode. Lauren, my co-host. Yes. Why don't you tell us the name of your character and what they do? Um, my character is named Ethamar. Ben me dad. Okay. That means your dad is named me dad. Yeah. Me dad is named me dad. <laughs> um, I'm a an Israelite. I'm a Levite priest. And uh, I'm lawful good. Naturally. And I'm a dude. Okay. I'm size medium. <laughs> according to this. Is that an American medium sheet. or is that a European medium? <laughs> um, whichever one seems more holy. Got it. Um, do you need to know anything else about my, my dude? No, because we're going to turn to our first of two very special guests. Uh, you may know him from episodes such as Job. And Robo Bible. And Robo Bible. He's our friend and yours, and it's Greg. Hi, Hi Greg. Greg. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, excited to be here and to play uh, my character. Uh, his name is Bonanza. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a Hittite bard uh, from the uh, Hittite city of Carchemish. Um, he is... Uh, uh, man, uh, cis male. Uh, he's size medium, level three, and he's chaotic neutral, so he's a little bit of a loose cannon. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Does he get results, though? Uh, that is, well, y- we'll find out. Yet to be seen. We'll yeah. find out. Because we have to turn to our second and final special guest. You may know her from such podcasts as Let's Not Panic and Drunk as Fari. Uh, Maggie to Good All. It's Maggie to Good All. Hello. Oh, hi, you guys. <laughs> Um, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you guys for including me it's in your, your biblical you. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm playing a character named Neva Campbell. Uh, <laughs> she's a ranger, an Israelite. She's neutral good. So that's exciting. Watch out. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has she's, some flexibility. Yeah. She's really into moral relativism. Uh, <laughs> she's level four. She's also size medium, whatever that means. That means you guys can all... Share clothes, nice. right? Nice. Oh, Perfect. nice. Okay. The real and sisterhood of the traveling pants. She's here. 25 years old, so I get to be younger for the next few hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my dude is 30, which is my same age. Oh. So. Well, I'm 69. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. This story takes place in the city of Jericho. Jericho is one of the oldest inhabited places in the world. According to contemporary knowledge, people have been living in Jericho since at least 14,000 BC. That's a long ass time. And that's the first that's mm-hmm. the first like city there. It's possibly that it's one of the one of the first places in the world where people stopped moving around and decided to settle in a particular place. Dang. And Jericho is interesting because it's been continuously habitated that whole time. 
So there was always one city, it would get destroyed or fall apart, and then another one would basically rise on the ashes of it. Just build on top. Or more accurately, just down the road. It was the popular thing. So I was like, going to say the altitude must be very high by now. <laughs> and it's funny you should mention that it's one of the lowest cities in the world as well. Really? Something yeah. like 870 feet below sea level. Damn. What? That's a low city. Yeah. So two of the things that made it one of the most habitable places in the world for such a long time are its natural defensibility. It's very low and it's surrounded by hills and it's, it's, it's a slightly rugged landscape. And the second is its natural spring. Today it's called... Ein es Sultan. Ein es Sultan. But back in the day, it used to be known as Elisha's Spring. Oh, okay. ah, I remember that guy. Yeah. So it's it produces an incredible quantity and volume of very, very nice water. I mean, I've never tried it personally, but my understanding is the water is high quality, enough to sustain... Like better than Fiji? Almost certainly. Is it raw water? I'm hearing a lot of good things about raw water. <laughs> yes, delish. <laughs> <laughs> I only want it if I can probably get Jardia from <laughs> Microbes. In the time that this story is taking place, our story, the one that we're about to write together, it is a small bustling city on the eastern border of Israel, bordering the people of Ammon and the people of Moab. And to be specific, our story takes place in the reign of Solomon, near the end of Solomon's reign. Solomon was a big-time king and happy guy. He built a temple. He built a temple. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He did have a lot of uh, idol-worshipping wives, though. Oops. It's true. So he had reigned over an unprecedented period of of wealth and peace in Israel. Um, but he's coming to the end of his reign. And there's talk in Israel that he might not be as pure, in the biblical sense, as he once was. That there might be outside influences mm. on Women. his biblical fidelity yeah. to God. It's because he insists on marrying all these foreign wives. A possibility. That brings us to why our party comes together in Jericho. Ethamar is a Levite priest. That's me. Dispatched on a holy mission, direct from the high priest Azariah ben Zadok himself. Oh, sweet. <laughs> You're fancy. <laughs> Ethamar's mission, to go to Jericho and root out impiety and blasphemy that, by rumor has infested the town. That is Ethamar's specific mission, and the high priest has sent with Ethamar a very special companion, because Ethamar is, is a religious person, is a, is a priestly person. It's yeah. not a person of the world. Right. So you can't just send him out onto the road. He's going to get taken advantage of. Right. The mission is going to be a complete failure. And yeah. I can't, like, touch a dead body. I can't touch blood or I become ritually unclean. That's right. You can't open doors on the Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you are useless on Saturdays. <laughs> so Ethamar has to have a worldly companion. That's why Neva was sent along with him. Neva Campbell, yes. That's right. <laughs> Neva is an accomplished ranger. Uh, uh, somebody who knows the land can take care of herself. Mm-hmm. And Neva is accompanied by her most trusted companion. Yes. Xena, comma, warrior princess, the hyena. She's a spotted hyena. A spotted hyena never leaves Neva's side. Mm-hmm. You two have been sent to Jericho to, to root out this impiety. And let me tell you about what you've been told so far. You have your first night. You're supposed to stay at a place called The Palms. The Ooh, palms. that just sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a spa day. High priest putting us up. <laughs> So as you w- make your way into town, you see, first of all, Jericho 
has an old city, which is surrounded by walls. Um, and it's very dense inside the old city. Obviously, it's the oldest part of town that's currently standing. That's where there's a tower. That's where the temple is. That's where the major bu- governmental buildings are, as well as like the oldest settlement. Just outside of Old Town, which you have to walk through in order to get into Old Town, you see New Town. New Town is sprawling. It's where most of the people in the city live. It's where the workshops and the trades are done. It's, uh, it's a little more run down than Old Town. Um, mud streets. It's not as picturesque. But I'll tell you what is picturesque. The surroundings. Because Jericho <laughs> is a place of Great. <laughs> rolling hills of lovely streams that wind in, uh, in between the hills feeding all of the farms and and jericho is a very productive and efficient farming community because of the spring i love productivity and efficiency mm. i know you did so this is <laughs> i was writing this and i'm like lauren is gonna love this. <laughs> so anyway you two have made your way the pretty long journey in our current setting from jerusalem to jericho and you found the palms which is just inside the palm gate well, there are two gates into jericho there's only two? Only two gates into the old city. There's the palm gate, and there's the ship gate. Mm. One goes in, one goes out. That's right. Makes sense. <laughs> See what they did there. <laughs> so you've made your way inside. You've just gotten into the old city, and you've asked around, and you found the palms, which is an inn. Seems to be a fairly reputable place. Looks like, you know, three stories tall. It's uh, wow. It's got a, a little tavern on the bottom floor, and you presume the rooms are upstairs. Now, before we continue with what you might do, because you've gotten there, let's say, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Okay. We find another fellow staying at the Palms that night. <gasps> Who could it be? Describe yourself for me, Greggy. Well, <sighs> Bonanza. Bonanza is a bit of a, we would call him in modern day probably emo style. <laughs> He's got long, dark bangs that hang in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's a little self-conscious about his skin. He had boils, much like one of our other favorite Old Testament friends. Um, and, Pharaoh? <laughs> uh, but he still manages to be somewhat charming uh, in his way uh, because he, he's a he's an entertainer, performer. He's got a kind of insouciance um, where uh, you never know what he'll say next. So he's kind of compensating for his homeliness with a charming personality. And you say he's from Carchemish, right? He's from Carchemish, which is the, basically the second city, the Chicago, if you will, of Hatti, uh, the Hittite Empire. Um, and he, uh, well, can I get into it? Uh, yeah, if you want. There's no better time. He's been booted, baby. He cannot go back to Hatti. So there's no going, going back, back to Hatti for him. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was nice that he wrote the song for the occasion. He did. <laughs> he is a bard, yeah. <laughs> he is owed some royalties. Yeah. And how did he end up in Jericho, if you don't mind asking? Well, uh, he wandered through a couple other kingdoms, uh, and uh, let's just say he wore out his welcome, and he's kind of well on his way already to wearing out his welcome here. He's just obnoxious. Is he performing at the Palms, you think? He is, but depending on his intoxication levels, his he's got he's very skillful, he's very talented, he's got a big repertoire, but then he gets like kind of aggressive and belligerent mm-hmm. as the night goes on. You know, he's chaotic neutral, so you never know what they're going to say next. <laughs> That's true. He gets into a little dice clay territory by the end. So by like 9 <laughs> o'clock, you think he's on his like second set, third set? <laughs> yeah, by 9 o'clock, he's like on the end of the second set, and he starts to get in that Andy Kaufman-like mode where mm-hmm. all bets are off. Got it. So that is the scene that... Ethamar and Neva walk into. Mm. And another thing, <laughs> another thing about Samaritans is 
Their teeth. Is there a dentist in all Samaria? I mean, what's with these people? Look at this. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard of a piece of bark? Just put it in your mouth and rub it around. Come on. I feel like, Ethamar, this is like a little dicey for you. People are drinking booze. I'm probably going to try to find somebody to keep me warm in my inn. You're going to what? Don't worry about it. What I'm thinking is maybe you want to go to bed or like you might be this might be a little too much sin to be exposed to. Um, You know, it is a lot for me. It's a mm-hmm. difficult transition, mm-hmm. but I feel like I got to I got to stick it out. I need to learn about the world if I'm going to investigate blasphemy i can't like shy away from blasphemy okay but like act chill around the bartender because we used to date (laughs) that's very disturbing news to me but i i understand it didn't end well (laughs) it never does (laughs) this is why we should all just have arranged marriages like god says well on that note should we sit down and listen to this strange stand-up comedian who seems to be making a lot of eye contact with us only (laughs) sure Lady, what's up with that dog? He's got a little bit of a red rocket. (laughs) I'll have you know her pseudo-penis is actually an elongated clitoris. Whoa. Congratulations, she's doing better than I am. I like this guy. Oh, that won't last. Just ask my ex-wives. Is she circumcised, though? My hyena? (laughs) Yeah. Xena, we're your princess? Yeah. Actually, that's fine. Women don't need to be circumcised. Only men. (laughs) I'm just staying out of this one. You guys want to take the stage? I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. So let's let's skip forward a bit. Bonanza finishes up his second set, goes for set break. Mm -hmm. Presume you two would like to check in and find your rooms. Sure. You do. Um, It's as easy as that. Great. Maybe Neva makes a friend. Maybe she doesn't. It's up to you. Any man I can beat in an arm wrestling contest and it's basically on. Understood. Well, Jericho is not, you know, the healthiest town. So you got it. You got it under control. <laughs> Your pick of the pick of the inn. Well, she doesn't have to roll for arm wrestling supremacy or something. Are you the DM? No. Are we going to have to throw down right now? I feel like Neva Campbell shouldn't have to roll for a cabin boy. Like, <laughs> okay, fair. She's, she's a winsome woman. She's only 25 years old. She's neutral good. So easy to get along with got it well if that's if that's your choice you take a a willing friend up to your room mm. um mm-hmm. and you lose three piety points oh, <laughs> you are now at negative three piety what Ouch. i started at zero yes i don't get any points for taking bible thumper over here around town your mission is not complete yet <laughs> feels like there should be some credit on that <laughs> you want it up front that's not how god works honey. <laughs> Write it down. You just lost three piety okay, points. Okay, okay. Um, oh, God. Bonanza gets through the third set this time. Ugh. It gets conceptual, and frankly, no one likes it. <laughs> <laughs> so my ninth wife, Hagar, she was named after Slacks, I believe. Anyway, she said that I was screaming in my sleep, that instead of counting sheep, I was cursing them. I was cursing sheep, and it was elaborate curses in my sleep, and I'm going to go through every single curse that she recorded. I'm going to do it all. The whole set is everybody. We're going to be here until 3 in the morning. You're going to sit down and listen and love it, okay? All right, all you can do is go get a drink, and then you come back and you sit right down because you have to hear me curse all of these sheep one by one and their stupid hooves and the dumb faces and their matted wool and the way they stink. So anyway... Unlike most nights, he does finish his set, and it's very late, um, and he goes up to his room and passes out, exhausted, drenched in what we hope is sweat. Flop sweat. But 
Bonanza that night, unlike most nights, he had a very special dream. This one felt different and... It's called a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being mature. <laughs> it changes. In Bonanza's dream, he sees the priest, the one that he had just seen in the audience just a, a few hours before. And it's, it's clear as day. Frowning disapprovingly at his blasphemy. The priest is standing on a hill overlooking Jericho. And the priest is speaking to his companion, who you also saw in the audience. Uh, the priest asks, is this the spring where the water is bad? She nods and moves to hand him a bowl. Before she can hand it to him, however, she looks down and stops. The bowl is empty. Bonanza realizes that he is there as well, in the scene, standing on this same hill, looking over Jericho. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a handful of loose salt. His pockets seem to be filled with loose salt, and he, he takes out a handful, and he drops it into the empty bowl. The priest and companion smile at him warmly. The priest sprinkles a handful of salt into the spring and says, Thus says the Lord, I have made this water wholesome. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. Pretty sure that priest doesn't understand how salinating water works. <laughs> that does not make it drinkable. I'm not a doctor. I'm Look, just Jesus, good on margaritas. I'm just a bodyguard. Jesus said that salt can lose its saltiness, so I don't think they really understood what salt was yet. Mm, okay, noted. And as the priest says this, turns to Bonanza and smiles, and Bonanza wakes up. Oh my. <laughs> that is an unusual dream. <laughs> That's the first time I've had a non-wife in one of my dreams. Or sheep. Sheep wife. Well, sometimes there's a crossover. Venn diagram is kind of conjoined. But anyway. <laughs> and it's an unusual hour for uh, Bonanza to be awake, it being just about the crack of dawn. You two, I presume, are also getting ready to, to begin your first day of this investigation. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm, I'm an early riser. Got it. <laughs> Makes Lawful sense. good. Yeah. Lawful good early riser. <laughs> so I'm going to say that you two are both downstairs. Maybe you go down to get a cup of... Something. A, an early cup of date wine, let's say. <laughs> something to something to shake off. New wine off those, at nine. <laughs> that's right, new wine at nine. To shake off those uh those post dream jitters. Mm -hmm. And all of you end up downstairs at the same time. Oh hey, uh priest guy. I normally I don't I like avoid you people because you're horrible and boring. I normally avoid idol worshippers like yourself. I don't also. worship anything except for maybe... That's even worse. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, so this is a little awkward for me to say, but I believe I had a... I think it's called a pathetic dream last night. <laughs> I had a pathetic... Uh, how do I... Anyway, you were in it. And uh, and that scary brought over there with the, the sick dog. Anyway, uh, so... I have salt in my pocket. I don't think I'm doing this right. Uh, listen. May I, I point, point something out? On Ethamar's character sheet, you'll notice that he has a has a feat, and it's called Dream Interpreter. Oh, yeah. Well, why, why don't you uh, tell me about this dream? Because I'm, you know, okay. I'm a Levite. Well, I can interpret it. Don't get mad, okay, because you're in it, and uh, and she's in it, you know. And uh, I'm in a lot of people's dreams. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> so... 
I'm very uncomfortable. Anyway, so we're at the <laughs> we're top. We're all uncomfortable. We're at the top Just of the hill. Just tell me the dream. Okay. I'm, we're looking over the city, right? And there's a spring there. And then this broad's like, hey, uh, the water's bad right here. And uh, you're like, yeah, this is the bad water. Maybe I got that backwards. Anyway, uh, so uh, she's got a bowl, right? But the bowl is empty, you know? And I don't know what that means. Anyway, so I got my pockets feel kind of weird, right? So I, I realize, oh my God, I got the salt, and right? And I take the salt out of my pocket and then I put it in the water. And you say some you know bullshit gobbledygook about like uh uh with this water i make it wholesome and then you you sprinkle it into the stream uh it's like some kind of prayer anyway uh and uh, then i started cursing sheep for like another hour probably and then uh and i woke up am i supposed to roll something here for dream interpretation well talk to me do you uh do you understand the dream do i understand the dream yeah i mean yes you talked the whole way down here about getting excited to see if there were any omens, and here we have a crazy old dude raving about salt. I forgot one key, and this is the most unusual aspect of the dream, and it's the least believable part. In this dream, both of you did not seem repelled by me, and in fact, <laughs> on two occasions, smiled at me specifically, which mm. makes this is that's what really stuck with me. It's like, wow. Okay, this is very unlikely. That seems unrealistic. Um, it does seem unrealistic, but God gives people dreams for a reason. You have two options. You can ask your God for guidance, and then I will ask you to roll some dice to determine the outcome of that. Great. Or you can use your magical abilities and understand intuitively what is going on. And how do I do that? By casting the second level spell, Augury. And I can only do that, do two of those per day. That's correct. So, Augur well. Ha. <laughs> That's how you purify water. Uh, if you're curious about trying to find out his motivation or maybe understand a reference or something like that, you can also ask me and say, I want to know what he's thinking or I want to I want to know if that corresponds to anything I already know. And then I might have you roll some dice to find out. Okay. Yeah, I'll just I'll just cast Augury and, and then and then see what happens. Understood. So you're, you're invoking the divine power given to you as a Levite priest, and this is one of the most powerful things that you can do right now, is to just understand right away whether something is good and, and what's going on. Dope. Awesome. Um, roll me a, a 20-sided die. <gasps> I got a 20. A, that's a natural 20. It's <laughs> oh, a natural 20, bitches. <laughs> God is truly with me. It's a blessed session. It's the first first roll of the dice. So I'll tell you what, you, before you even, even finish this story, you had, a, you had something in the back of your head that was like, I've heard this before. Maybe not from this perspective, but you, you cast Augury and it, you basically, you just tap into that deep well of, of faith inside you. And you're like, God, I know that I understand this already, but please make it clear. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, you know, subtweeting you right now. <laughs> Um, and you realize it's the story of Elisha. Elisha, when Elisha was in Jericho, the farmers came to him and they said, the water is cursed here. And he sprinkled salt in the spring and said, nothing will ever get sick or be harmed by this water ever again. And from that point on, it was called Elisha's spring. And this is a, this is a story from second Kings. And you, so you now understand. I'm not familiar with second Kings because yeah, it I'm hasn't been First written Queens. yet. <laughs> As of Solomon's reign. That's fair. <laughs> that was mostly an out of character aside to the audience and to the players. <laughs> but the key thing is you were playing the Elisha role in the story. 
Yes. You must think that this is a this is an omen about you coming to this city and purging whatever impiety yeah, is going I mean, that's, on. That's what I'm here to do. Right. But for some reason, this, this bard, this who Hittite, you, who ne- you've never, yeah, this foreigner, this frankly infidel, he's probably uncircumcised, almost certainly, guarantee it. <laughs> he, for some reason, has something that you need in order to purify yeah, this spring. He's, he's why would God send him this dream when he's oh, an idol worshiper unless it was like really important to my mission? So, uh, I'll I'll invite him to join us as. Uh, Uncomfortable as it may make me and my bodyguard. Oh no, I'm fine. Oh, okay. I saw his strength stats. I feel fine. Okay, Ooh. we're not threatened here. <laughs> How does the hyena feel about him? Oh, she's fine. Also, okay, she's great. really I'm not threatened. Clear of that beast and the hyena. <laughs> so, Benanza, you've been invited to join this investigation. Uh, yeah, if you guys can sweet talk the innkeeper into letting me stick around because uh, he's told me to leave the premises today. So uh, if you could finesse it for me, then uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around with you guys. I'll take care of it. We used to date. Oh, him too? Because that's <laughs> different than the bar. That's both? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Hey. hey. She's a modern I gal. Am. I like it. She's a go-getter. <laughs> we should probably get moving on from then anyway. Yeah, yeah. So good news. We'll settle up Good news. Debt. The point is moot. We're leaving. Yeah. Just a couple gold shekels or whatever. Schmeckles. Not, not much. Schmeckles. Hey, come on. I'm self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the city is yours. Um, you've been given one piece of information, which is that there have been reports of disturbing blasphemy in this town. <gasps> no specifics about that, but you have been given a contact who's the local Cohen, Elzabad Bar Joseph. It's Kohan. Uh, Kohan. Why is his name in Aramaic and not Hebrew if he's a Kohan? That's a great question. Because <laughs> somebody did their research. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, you know, as as a Kohan myself, I I was I'm just testing her after things. after all. Excellent. Making sure that she had done her research, she knew what was going on. I wouldn't make a mistake like that. <clears throat> You've been given a local contact who's the local Kohan, Elzabad Ben Joseph. Great. Let's go find him. Good old Elzabad. <laughs> so you make your way to the local temple. Not that it's not that far. It's just in the old town. Um, now we just got, we just got a temple in Jerusalem for the first time. This is the first temple in Judaism. So I've got to imagine that the temple here is, I'm is going to be a little. Uh, it's not going to be what I'm used to. Calling a temple is a bit grand. Okay. Yes, it's more of a it's more of a meeting place. Okay. Um, there's no object of worship in the temple because obviously you can only do that at Jerusalem. Right. There's no sacrificial altar or anything. There used to be, probably. To, to the wrong type of god. Maybe. Um, but <laughs> Listen to this one. <laughs> but yes, it's mostly, it's mostly a meeting place and a place for the, uh, for the local priestly class to, to gather and, and do their business. Their business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But it is open to the public, of course, because this is a Jewish community. Um, so you find the temple just a couple streets over from the Palms, actually. Lovely part of town. Mm. I feel like that's something Bonanza probably could have showed us, too, being that you've been here for a How long minute. have you been here? A couple weeks. A fortnight, if you will. A fortnight. Mm-hmm. Actually, 13 days. It's a bad omen. Oh, well. I won't tell you that. <laughs> a fortnight, yeah. So you found, the, you found the local temple, and entrance seems to be open to the public. 
I'll go scope it out and make sure it's like safe for you guys since I know like watching out for your own safety isn't really your jam. Great. Why don't you stay out here and pray and like think on your sins or whatever and I'll be back in a second. Done. Is there any rabble out here? I have a rapport with rabble. I could stay out here and gather information. Is there any rabble I can rouse out here? Yeah, I'd like to rouse the rabble a little bit. Is there, is there like uh, urchins or merchants? Oh my, yes. Or Natalie you got, Merchant or you what? you got merchants on one side, urchins on the other. And, and Natalie Merchant in the middle. You're stuck in the middle with them. Fantastic. I, I would like to gather information. I can roll or I can just Yeah, please do it. Get, uh, roll to gather information. I've got a plus six due to my high charisma stats. And I rolled a two. <laughs> so that's an eight all told. And the, these metal die, you got to give them a little woo because they are just, they'll just plonk on down there. We'll get, that's fine. We'll get back to your efforts to gather information in just one moment. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Neva has entered the temple. Yes. There you are greeted by an older gentleman mm-hmm. um, wearing the, we didn't talk about this, but. Oh, the priestly garment. The priestly garment. Of course, Ethamar is also dressed in the priestly garment. Can you describe that for us? Um, well, the description of it takes up about four chapters <laughs> in, in the book of Leviticus. But basically, um, it's, you know, I've got um, like a robe. I've got an ephod. That's type of vest. I've got a turban. Um, everything is in scarlet and purple. Nice. And indigo. Hmm. Um, I have like gold chains mm-hmm. are, are just kind Ooh, of like yes, girl. attached to the to this robe and they're just like hooked and then looped. And of course, I have one pocket for my Urium and one pocket for my Thumim. <laughs> and then there's also just like random like gemstones. There's like one of each type of gemstone that whoever was writing Leviticus knew about. Topaz on your topaz. Yeah, there's topaz. There, but there's like one topaz and then there's one like amethyst mm. and one like uh, tourmaline or... and so you're from the big city you're from the first temple yeah um you're would you describe your outfit as on point uh yeah are all the t's checked and are all the eyes crossed yes and it's and it's highly blinged out awesome mm. mm-hmm. so let me tell you about what you see when you get in there uh elzabad greets you mm-hmm. or at least you presume it's elzabad yeah because it's a fellow older fellow portly <clears throat> Um, dressed in like sort of a pale approximation of what your traveling companion is wearing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're supposed to have 12 gems around the turban. You count maybe seven, max. <sighs> the rest are like shiny bits of shell or something like that. <laughs> oh my. Um, you only count one magic dice in, in his pockets, of course. That's the, what the Urim and Thumim are, of course. They're like magic dice. Oh, I was mm-hmm. hoping it was like uh, prehistoric cocaine or something. I mean, historic cocaine? I don't know. You know, it's like old fed. Hey, I got my thumim in this pocket. You want a little snifter? Come on. You know, whatever. <laughs> that's our, uh, that's please, our caveman. Please, caveman please stop drug running role playing game <laughs> yeah. that we are writing. That's right. <laughs> anyway, Elzabad comes up to you. Mm-hmm. He says, Young lady, how may I help you? I have like a way better version of you that needs to talk to you. I just like want to make sure there's no assassins in here or whatever. Assassins? Why? This is a this is a place of worship, and I'm here to offer advice and, and spiritual. Neat, neat, neat. You can like save all that. I'm gonna bring the priest in. Come on, it's all good. I I come in. Cousin, <laughs> what Elsa pleasure! Bad. What a pleasure to see you here. What brings you to my my small community in in Jericho? Uh, First of all, how is Jerusalem? I have not been back for clearly. many years. Yeah, we've been we've noticed that, and. Uh, We've noticed some other things, too. 
like maybe things aren't exactly on the up and up out here in Jericho. Oh, it is a sad state of affairs here. <laughs> Let me tell you how I labor every day and every night to make sure this community and and my my flock, for I am a shepherd of the Lord, uh, is as well taken care of as those in the illustrious capital, of course. Uh, but it is a difficult mission for one man and his many assistants. I mean, we, we both are descended from Aaron. Of course. We, of course, both know that these people start making idols. And there's nothing that we can do about it. But I'm here to do something about it. And when we live so close to the unnatural influence of the Ammonites and the Moabites. And the Hittites, frankly. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. Uh, do you have any information for me about uh, any any blasphemies uh, that you've witnessed? Well, the blasphemies here are many and varied. <laughs> okay. But I presume that you have been dispatched to investigate a particular concern. What concern might that be? Lately. The local farmers come to me. They come to me and they say, Overnight, my crops have been turning black and dying, but only at the very point where the aqueducts that run from the, from the spring, from Elisha's spring, to their farms meet. And then when they go and investigate the aqueducts, they find strange figures, almost like scarecrows, clad in, in tattered robes. That's some Blair Witch shit. Planted. I mean, I don't like any figures, frankly, but these <laughs> ones sound especially bad. I agree. And I have, I have experience with, with idols and with, with small things, but these are, these are terrifying you do. to behold. <laughs> Ignore the rabble. <laughs> <laughs> they, they come to me and they say, what, what should we do about these figures? They appear magically during the night, uh, planted in the middle of the aqueduct or in the stream, a, a strange scarecrow with tattered clothes. And then immediately after where the scarecrow was planted, the water turns brackish. Brackish. Nice vocab word, cousin. Thank you, cousin. <laughs> um, and wherever the water is deposited upon their farms, the plants wither and die. Mm. And this has been going on, going on for weeks. And we're afraid that the date harvest might be, might be ruined this year. <gasps> But I love dates. Everyone does, my dear. <laughs> she loves the other kind of date. Just ignore her. I love all dates. <laughs> Don't Pal limit me. The, palm, the date palms are the lifeblood of Jericho, as everyone knows. Everyone does know. Mm -hmm. um, sure, that that doesn't particularly concern me. I don't know anything about economics. Of course, me, me neither. I mean, I'm not even allowed to own property. I'm a Levite. Of course. Uh, you guys both have a lot of jewels for people who aren't allowed to own property. These I, belong to the Lord, my yeah, dear. We only Lord. wear them. Excuse me. Okay, well, you know, that sounds like the dream, right? Like, we got brackish water. This Hittite guy outside had a dream about salty water. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. let's bring him. Oh, so you've been interpreting dreams like Joseph of old. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't compare myself to Joseph, but good, yes. Good, good. Let's go. Let's go uh, check out scarecrows. Okay. Do I need anything else? To, do, do you have any uh, any information that you want to give me about these scarecrows that, that you haven't yet that I might find useful in my quest to root out impiety? No, no. Only that I've been as discouraging as I possibly could to, uh, to everyone um, here with all of the idol worship. And, you know, I, I just want you to know and and I want you to understand that I've been doing my absolute best under very trying circumstances. All right, great. If You're he, my cousin, so I totally take you at face value. If he's, like, lying, though, do you want me to, like, break his arms or something? What's the deal? This is my cousin. I definitely believe him. And oh, I definitely okay. have not been punching up 
his sermons at all with one-liners or zingers. And he's never asked me to do that or given me any of his gems to do so. Just want to come out and say that. Mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, in the street, you uh, you find a locust. You find a locust. No, that's later. Damn it, damn it, Nico. <laughs> you find the nearest Note group. to self. You find the nearest group of local urchins mm. who are playing in the, let's face it, human filth in the street. Excellent. Um, kicking around a, a ball of rags. As All about that. As they want to do. I'm a midden man. So how, how do you approach this, this group of youths? Hey there, you dirty fig boys. <laughs> I know that's the lingo. You got to nag them a little bit first. You just kind of like, I'm not afraid of you and you're not afraid of me. They all so, turn their heads. Yeah. So I'm going to use my high charisma uh-huh. and my mispronunciation ability uh, to like make them think I'm on their level when really I'm a August Bard who's very you know, talented. Pull a hello fellow teens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Skateboard, backwards hat, got it. weird bug eyes. Yeah, yeah. Roll please, me. please stop speaking ill of Steve Buscemi in this. I, lo- I look at my eyes. I mean, it really, I look just. Yeah, roll me a disguise check. To... Oh, I can cast a spell. If you, if you want to cast a spell, you can cast a spell. Yeah, if... why not? Uh, you know what? I will burn a first level spell. I got three of them, so I'll burn one, and I will uh, disguise myself as a older teen. It would give myself <laughs> a prehistoric cigarette uh, behind my ear, like the Fonz. And maybe a um, sheep hide jacket of the latest of fashion. <laughs> but I will still talk like Shecky Green. <laughs> All right. The, the, so everyone talks in Karkamesh. Hey! <laughs> the urchins have to roll to overcome the power of your disguise. Yeah. And they fail. They say, yeah, what's that, you cool teen? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I'm just chillaxing around here, and I was wondering if y'all had any tips on some hot blast for me. Oh, I don't. We don't know nothing about blasphemy. Come on. Except what they teach us in school. <laughs> I hear that, fellow teens. Anyway, so later I was gonna go. Uh, oh, but I do remember one thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna get out my quill and parchment, but like really, <laughs> really nonchalantly, like uh, just writing down uh, people that I'm gonna put poop on their doorstep. <laughs> uh, my uh, my cousin, he works out on the farm sometimes. Mm. Um, and he was telling me that lots of the farmers are talking shit about. This one family, the one family that that uh, takes care of the aqueducts, mm. and they're called the Water Family. They're the just wa- called the Water Family. <laughs> the Water Family. It's, I love how we have the same accent, although I am from Hati and you're from Jericho. But we just we that's just, how all teens hey, talk, you know. Hey, from, it's just from teen, teen to teen. Hey, teen, you know? That's how it is. I definitely have no ex-wives, and I'm your age. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Wait, can I do inside? Is this another f- fake teen? <laughs> This is, you're no dirty fig boy. You're a clean date man. Uh, I don't know what skill that would be, so... You can sense motive if you want. I will sense motive. It's going to be nice and pathetic. I rolled a tree. Yeah, that's a teen, baby. <laughs> Pure teen. All right. All right, teen. Uh, what you going to do with that info? You're going to, like, you know, I mean, pick on him or something? Well, I was thinking... Because uh, that'd be cool, you know. I might go over there and, uh, you know, uh, mess around with the crops or whatnot. I don't know. You know, if they're real jerks, then hey, why not? You know, us teens, we got to keep everybody in check because adults, agree. they're all corrupted, if you ask me. I like I like the sound of what this guy's saying. Hey, you want to play kickball? Ah, sure. What the hell? All right. You play 15 minutes of kickball with the kids in the nice. alley. How do I do? I'm pretty weak. Uh, yeah, roll me a... Uh... I'm dexterous. I got a plus two. Uh, roll me a balance check. Oh, no. <laughs> This is my worst product going to the bank. Hey, oh, and I rolled a 21, baby. Yeah, you wipe the floor with these <laughs> malnourished street kids. 
You're just like putting it between their legs every which way. They think you're the coolest teen they ever met. <laughs> Fantastic, uh, because I was really ostracized as a youth, so this is like my chance finally. <laughs> as you're walking away, they 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 say, "Hey, thanks for playing. You're the coolest teen we ever met." <laughs> I could die right now <laughs> in a happy man. Thank you so much. I mean, whatever, you little twerp. All right, so we're we're coming out now. Okay. Um, we'll re-meet up with uh, our friend Bonanza. Yeah, Bonanza's standing there. He's got a, a significant sweat on. He's got his pant, pant legs rolled up. As much as I hate to invite you anywhere because you're gross... Uh, I feel like you should come to the aqueduct with us so that you can confirm that it's where you saw in the dream where we've been directed to go. The aqueduct. Yeah, yeah. We've been told to go to the aqueduct. So there's this family out there that the teens are all talking about. The water (laughs) family. Everybody's messing around with them. They don't like this family. I'm sorry. They're called the water family? Yeah. What are their names? Oh, yeah. The water family. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The water family. Very imaginative. (laughs) It's good. It's like naming the, the gates of your town. The shit gate. And the palm gate. How do you know what the teens are thinking? You're 69 years old. I uh, I can disguise myself as a teen. It's kind of <laughs> something that I never do. That sounds very unwholesome. Just, Let's go. Listen, I just use it to gather information and then inspire my ex-wife. Yeah, I pretend to be this kid that she tutors and then I get to be close to her. I, I've heard enough. Yeah, I think you need to never tell us about that. Well, listen, I... My fifth wife was really special to me, and I just... Okay, so should we hit the road? Let's hit the road. So you make your way make your way out of town and you follow one of the one of the small winding roads uh, based on the instruction that Elzebad gave you mm-hmm. up to a particular farm that he said, you know, the people there are good. They're they're observant Jews and they have a farm there and they've been especially concerned about both the economic and spiritual implications of these figures that they've seen. And the family that you've been sent to meet. Uh, is Hana and Zimri. Okay. Hana and Zimri. Mm-hmm. So uh, you make your way out of town. It gets it gets uh, it gets more hilly, you know, and and you you just basically follow the stream as you go. And uh, on your way to Hana and Zimri's place, you do see one of these figures in, in the in the aqueduct. It's 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 the aqueduct. Calling it the aqueduct is pretty grand. You know, this isn't like a uh, high flying Roman style aqueduct. This is a, a ditch situation. Yeah, it's a, a situation. It's, yeah, it's a situation. You know, it's it's like lined with stone a bit, but it's not like a huge construction. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's like a semi natural stream kind of thing. All right, so c- can we go check check the figure out? Yes, absolutely. All right. So here's what you see: you see a scarecrow stuck right in the middle of this aqueduct. It's wearing like a very ragged black robe, 
And what you weren't told before, but what you see now upon closer inspection is, instead of a head, it's got what looks, to your eyes, to be a human skull. Whoa! And in the eye sockets, you see two shiny stones. (laughs) These aren't... aren't, uh... Turban gems, are they? <laughs> I mean, a quick a quick glance lets you know, as an expert, uh-huh. these are very clearly not turban gems. Okay. Phew. Um, so what do y'all got in terms of, like, investigation techniques I have and skills? a detect poison spell that could <laughs> tell us if the scarecrow has poison in it. All right. Which might explain the brackish that water and the death of crops. Something. I, I got detect magic, so I can see if anything's magical. Um, Maybe you should do that first. Yeah. I can also touch it without touching it. In in case it's cursed, I got a mage hand. Whoa. Whoa. You got a mage hand? Yeah, it's how I do a magic stranger when I get real known. Hey, never mind. (laughs) You got a lot of creepy magic that just lets you get in close to things that didn't want you to get in close. Listen. Okay, I'm very (laughs) respectful. I'm a above board kind of guy. I use my magic to help people or to get off. Just examine the scarecrow. All right, I'm going to uh, cast Detect Magic. Uh, the range is 69 feet. Uh, I have a little higher range because mm-hmm. I'm uh, very skilled. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I can uh, detect uh, the spells and magic items. So if those little uh, little gems are magical, then hey. Yeah, then hey. Yeah, so hey. what you do detect is that, as you suspected, the the skull and the, the stones in it are, are magical somehow. Oh. What you also detect is that those are ancient Oof. Those remains are not fresh, and wow. you can tell as you get close that these are they are worn down by time. You've never seen anything quite like a human skull that's been like worn down like this. The features are all are all blunted and and smoothed. This is creepy as hell, babe. Good job. Uh, so I'm going to let out a little nervous fart because <laughs> I my diet is horrible. Uh, and then I will say, excuse me. Uh, you talk to the skull? Uh, no, I'm going to talk to them and say, like, this is bad stuff, guys. I kind of want to run away. These, the skull is ancient. It's magic. It uh, is. I don't even know if it's of this world. I'm, frankly, I'm terrified right now. This is a little above my pay grade. I'm usually I'm just like stealing money from drunks at a bar. This is like whoa. I'm really sorry to tell you this, but you're kind of a part of our team now. And so I'm going to leave Xena Warrior Princess with you so that you don't try to run away. Like she's just going to keep a really close uh, eye on you. uh, Don't get your fingers too close to her. She bites. (laughs) Her uh, thingy is... uh, That's her pseudo penis. And it's just like that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell her to put it... uh. No. (laughs) Uh, Look, if you... If we touch this skull, we're going to be ceremonially unclean. I'm pretty sure I'm already ceremonially unclean. <laughs> you are not. You Did are, you have sex clean. on your period? Because I, I, that's very I, forbidden. I, I absolutely have. I will get closer, but I don't want to touch it. I, I will use my mage hand. I can use my mage hand to manipulate can, it and move it. Can he poke it with his mage hand? He can absolutely poke it with his poke mage it. hand. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> okay, I will uh, cast a mage hand uh, and up to five pounds. Do you think it weighs more than that? Uh, no. Does not okay, I will try to scoop it up uh, and separate it from the from the robes. Got it. You grab the skull off, and it's and it's sort of hovering a, a little bit above the water. There, the pair of sticks that was made into a cross to make this make the scarecrow um, sort of topples over, and the robe falls into the water. Maybe as you're grabbing it with your mage hand, one of the shiny stones falls off into the water as well. Ooh, can we? 
Can she test the water for poison now to see if that poisoned it? She could absolutely do that. Ooh, that's the sound of it. New testing <laughs> for poison. Well, so I mean, <laughs> do you have to do you have to roll anything? You get your you get your magic powers, presumably from the Israelite God. Yeah. So, do you say a small prayer or do you just go woo woo woo? Uh, no, I'll say a prayer. Okay. Good, because I've woo, been woo, informed is that sorcery piety is important. But then I'm gonna go woo woo woo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you lose a point of piety. Mm. But Wait, even though I prayed to God, you did go woo woo woo. <laughs> I lose a point for saying woo woo woo. You think this is a game? Um, do you think God isn't watching every time? All right. Wait. So does he what see when? Oh. Yes, that's right. He knows uh, when you are sleeping. And he knows when you're awake. He needs to find more things to do. Um, okay. But I have d- played Detect Poison. Absolutely. The water downstream from this thing is absolutely filled with with poison. Oh, no. Um, but it's it's a poison. You're allowed to know the nature of the poison as well, whether it's natural or unnatural or magic or, mm-hmm. or what. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, in fact, it's unnatural. It's not like... It's, un- it's not just like... A poisonous plant that you might find in nature. No, it's and not it's, like a mushroom. No, it's not like the chicken farm has been dumping phosphorus into the river. <laughs> Tycho, shots fired. Um, Tycho, yeah, the chicken guys. I think that's Tyson. Oh. Tycho makes cars. Yeah, like them cars. too. <laughs> They're working in tandem. <laughs> Tycho Drummond. I hate it. <laughs> um, no, but yes, you can. You can tell that there's an unnatural poison, but. You can see as as the the spell gives you sort of an unnatural vision of the poison in the water. You can see that now that the that the stick is out of the water and that whatever you've done to disturb this scenario, the the poison is no longer flowing downstream. Huh. That is to say, no new poison is entering the water. No new poison. That's right. Read my lips. So okay, so what you're saying is that like it was already poisoned and us pushing some creepy items into it didn't poison it more correct okay and that too if we find more of these structures and we take them apart with his mage hand or other protective measures i'm sure we can figure out some alternative means of contraceptive uh, <laughs> <laughs> then we can eliminate the poison that the fresh poison that's going in anyway that's a nice actionable item you guys anyone <laughs> into it i'm into it sounds good to me but but we haven't st- stopped any poison well all the poison that was already in the water um up until the point that you broke Top down this it. little structure uh-huh. we so we still there but we but we stopped new poison Correct. from entering okay 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 so yeah so uh we should definitely like break these things apart whenever we see them is there right. is there anything else i mean we can't carry the skull with us can we sure i feel like can. we kind of have to well i'm not you want to leave it. it behind for like you know, hapless civilians I, to come I by. That's, that's not true. very holy. I, I guess you're right. I would like. Let's have him carry it. Can my. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Can my mage hand scoop something out of the water? Can it scoop that sco- stone out? The stone oh. is gone. Uh oh. Okay. Well, I'll have my mage hand scoop it up and then throw it in a burlap sack that I definitely do not take for poaching. It's not a poaching <laughs> sack at all. It says poaching sack on the side of it, but it's not, it's not for poaching. I don't poach. I borrow and I return eventually. Got it. I tell you what, when you put the skull in your sack and throw the sack over your shoulder, um, you gain three points of piety. (gasps) What? Hittites do this thing, which is called idol theft. What? Um, 
part of their culture, their religious culture specifically, is going places that they're conquering and capturing uh, the images or the idols that whatever the place worships have. Well, that's sort of rude. <laughs> um, it's our culture, and I. Uh, so the Hittites, Hittites ended up with a with a, an extremely varied and complicated cosmology because wow. they literally stole everybody else's gods, uh-huh. and they all existed in a in a relationship with each other. They did, and it was uh, non monogamous. It was uh, polytheistic in every sense of the word. So it's it's perfectly fine for a Hittite to carry around uh, what looks to be some sort of icon or something weird because. It's actually beneficial. To That's you. actually beneficial. Wow. It's good for a Hittite. I think there's a reason I was chosen. Oh, my God. Cool. Thanks for being our mule. Should we go talk to the, like, nice holy family yeah. that lives around yeah, here? Yeah, let's go find the, the water hey, family. Hey, mules can't breed, <laughs> well, okay? This before works. Before the water family, we were going to the family with... Hanna uh, Hanna and Zimri. Oh, yeah, Hanna Hanna and Zimri. Zimri. Local farmers. Yeah, yeah, we're heading toward Hanna and Zimri. Because they're like the nice family that your cousin suggested we talk to. Yeah, yeah. And I bet... And my cousin's definitely telling the truth about everything. He's on the up and up. Mm Mm-hmm. So, let's go talk to them. Yeah. (laughs) So you follow the the stream down. Um, The water that you're passing is still brackish, and it's got a... It's got a... It's got a gross, like black particulate in it that you can see gross 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 that's that's why i said it was gross (laughs) but um eventually as you follow it you pass by as as it was described to you what must be the farmhouse that you're going to visit hana and zimri's as you approach it though you hear shouting like an angry shouting match is going on and uh eventually you can start to make out what's going on it's a man and a woman shouting at each other and the woman, you can tell, is outside because you can see her now as you as you approach the house, as you walk along the stream. And she's shouting and she's shouting and she's saying, Zimri, you piece of absolute shit. I have <laughs> had it up to here. I'm done. If she is staying in this house even a minute longer, I will never, ever, ever, ever come back. Ooh, juicy. And she turns around and she says, oh, look. Perfect. Exactly what I wanted. A priest. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cover my turban, uh, <laughs> protectively. No, she she comes toward you and she's like, "Perfect timing. I want a divorce." I've been down this road. Oh no. <laughs> Get a feeling I'm um, going down this road. Oh, man, I know there's like there is a divorce process that I, as a priest, definitely know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Before we get into that, I, I you know, I want to make sure there's nothing we can do to save this marriage. Okay. So I'm going to say, you know, ho- hold on. Just just chill. Oh, I wish you'd been there for me. <laughs> let's let's talk this out. What's going on? My dirtbag husband has been lying to me. My mother-in-law has been living in our house for years because he claims that his father mm-hmm has been dead for years and that he, and that she cannot live with him. Wait. Because he's dead? He he is is he dead or not? Well, that's what I find out that he's not dead. In fact, he's got a whole nother family on the other side of the valley. Ooh. He's a whole nother family. Whole nother family. Wait, the dad or, or or Zimri? The, the dad has another family? Zimri's dad. Zimri's yes, Zimri, my dirtbag husband's dad uh-huh. has another family on the other side of the valley. Well, every, uh, many men have m- multiple wives. 
But then why? How is that chill? But I have minus four piety points. (laughs) (laughs) I don't make the rules. God makes the rules. I just follow them. But why should my household be burdened by this awful person when she has another place to go? Uh, Let's... Friends, (laughs) what do you think we should do here? I think maybe... Why don't we play him a song? A a song? Yeah, a song. Music, get some booze, and then we just have him hash it out. I think that singing would be their worst idea right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, kind of my one thing. Though. That's at least got. I feel like we should get her husband's side of the story. All right, all right. Uh, like, let's be just oh, here. Yeah, that's what I meant. Let's let's go <laughs> talk to the husband. Uh, Hana, thank you for your input. We are going to look into this. And if anything untoward is going, if anything unholy is going on, I will officiate the divorce. But I got to check it out first. Okay, as you like it, as you like it. My dirtbag husband is inside. <laughs> All right, let's go talk to the dirtbag husband. Okay, inside. Zimri is inside. Uh, he's a farmer, uh, but he's absolutely stewing. He's stomping around, banging dishes in the in the kitchen. He's f- absolutely furious. All right, well, you need to calm the fuck down. Wait, wait, I think I think I got this. I think I got this. Zimri, my dude, come on, <laughs> calm down. Just a second. I got my fellow d- teen. Diplomacy, <laughs> diplomacy plus seven. Listen, mm. from one from one guy to another, I've been through multiple divorces, okay? You don't want to go down this road. Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's hash this out, buddy. Uh, I'm just so damn mad. <laughs> oh, I feel you, man. I just got a whiff of Hana out there. She's, oh my God, she is a firecracker. Yeah, that's what I like about her, but, you know, she just makes me so damn mad sometimes. It's a double-edged sword, I'm telling you. It's a double-edged sword. I like the crazy ones, and then the crazy turns on me, and I'm like a deer in headlights. Like, what do I do? I need you not to do that voice anymore. <laughs> I liked it. Or, or we're going to have to get a divorce, you and me. So you're trying to convince him that... I just want him to tell his side of the story, but I want him to not be mad. Okay. But... Roll, your, roll your dice. <laughs> I rolled a one. And uh, so that's an eight. But you know, you you're talking can't... about your divorces. Just makes me even more mad. <laughs> Well, I uh, screwed this old poochie, so uh, I can end like you say I am like you. Okay, okay, um, <laughs> Zimri, <laughs> please talk normally and tell me your side of the story. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is the way I've always talked. I'm gonna grant her a divorce based on your speech alone. Please, please explain to me what's going on. Hannah doesn't like that my mother-in-law's been living with us for so long. And I told her, because uh, dad's, you know, dead or good is dead. Or, uh, but it's simply the fact that um, it's her responsibility to take care of my household. And uh, no matter who lives here. Um, why why uh, did you know about this the whole time? That your dad had another wife? Oh, technically, yeah. But uh, I never told anyone. Why? It's a perfectly normal thing for a man to have more than one wife. Oh, I know, but Hannah has particular feelings that just, um, she's not a very traditional woman, I'd say. It's Mm. so weird when women have opinions, huh? I find it odd, too. I believe. (laughs) Strange. I believe women should be traditional, yes. Mm. I I hold that viewpoint as well. I'm going to go sit outside with Hannah. No, 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 we need you here. (laughs) You can't tell me you're going to grant her a divorce. Because uh, it's my household, and by the law, 
what happens here is uh it's perfectly fine if i say it is <laughs> i mean that's that's you're not the ultimate authority god is so you know if it it depends what i'm trying to figure out is if god's laws are being broken here well, can i cast some sort of uh, spell to make him explain things to me <laughs> he seems to be uh hemming and hawing can i can i persuade him to be more forthright and also to speak in a normal voice i think i could use my weirdly uh, high wisdom points to try to speak some truth to him about marriage being complicated and there coming a time in every relationship where like maybe a little bit of outside mediation could help everyone and that maybe he doesn't have all of his feelings in a row quite as well as he thinks he does. Uh, Less charisma, more just truth. (laughs) (laughs) I know that this is not what this skill is for and I don't care. Um, but we're going to call that a listen skill check. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like Dr. Phil listen. That's right. Okay. So on your on your skill sheet there, you should have a plus number next to listen. Ooh, plus four. So roll mm-hmm. me a 20-sided die. I will. Oh, oh shit. That's a 20, son. <laughs> we're, we're going to Vegas right after this. So... You've listened carefully mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on your knowledge of the world and yeah. of people in yeah. particular. And you know exactly how to convince uh, Zimri here mm-hmm. to to just calm the fuck down. Yeah. A lot of dick whispering. I've done this before. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what are you going to tell me? Uh, exactly what I said before, I think, which is like all relationships reach a point where sometimes it's hard to see the truth and outside mediation becomes necessary and that doesn't speak ill of you or of your wife but we do have a priest here who's qualified to mediate these matters so maybe it's time to use your normal voice (laughs) what happens before divorce is filed in reality or in a game You know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> and I apologize that I was speaking so brusquely in such, a, such an odd way to, frankly, a, a holy man and his protectors and his party. Mm-hmm. And I apologize. We forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, wise. Now, Kohan, how can I help you? Um, what's the deal? <laughs> what, what is your... What's the beef between your wife and your mother-in-law? Um... My mother-in-law, well, she doesn't treat my wife well. Mm-hmm. She orders her around, demands that she do uh, tasks that normally we'd leave to the servants, but it's been a tough time, so we don't have any servants or any slaves anymore. Um, oh, yeah, we just had that jubilee year. You had to free all your slaves, of course. Yeah, and we couldn't afford to keep anybody on, even under the table or anything like that. Not that we've ever done anything like that. Of course. <laughs> but um, so a lot of the duties that used to fall to the servants and the slaves... You know, my mother-in-law just insists they they still get done the same way, and uh, you know it's it's been Hannah that's been that's been taking the burden there. Your mom sounds difficult. Well, you know she's a uh, she's a proud woman from from proud stock, and mm. I'm I'm proud of her. Mm. Um, but she's also, you know, she's strong-willed. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, okay, so. Do, do we need to like maybe we need to solve this conflict before we can get any information about the aqueducts? 
I feel like, yeah, we've gotten pretty wrapped up in this marital <laughs> dispute. And I'm having a hard time drawing the dots <clears throat> between that and the uh, um, the old poison water. As, as a uh, Levite priest, what I would like to do is is to remind these two women about the story of Ruth and Naomi. Mm. Role, uh, knowledge, religion. Knowledge, religion. Uh, okay. There's I, just a strike through on my page. You know? <laughs> too. You're on your own, priesty. Yeah. I have um, skill mod plus eight. Whoa. Oh, mama shit. mia. So what do I roll? A d20? Correct. D20 and add eight to that bad boy. Hey. Got a 17 oh, yes. plus eight. Would you like to remind them of the story of Ruth and Naomi? Yes. You know, guys, remember Ruth and Naomi? They forged a good relationship um, despite one even being a foreigner, mm. Mm. they shake their head. Like <laughs> and they, you know, they stay together for the rest of their lives, even after Ruth's original husband died and, and she had to marry Boaz. Her original husband, Chris, and then her famous steakhouse, Ruth's Chris. <laughs> Delicious. I don't think that's gotten outside of the Hittite empire yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to love it when they franchise. <laughs> So you masterfully sit them yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And, Pretend I did it masterfully. Yes, and explain. I think you did do it masterfully. <laughs> and this, the story of Ruth and Naomi to them. And you know what? Hannah comes in when it's clear that you're giving a, a little spiritual pep talk or a sermon, as some call it. Um, and by the end of your explanation of the story and how it relates to their lives, they, they're they nodding and they they're, they really feel like you know, they didn't give it a chance and they didn't think that it was possible for unusual relationships and unexpected circumstances to bring people closer as opposed to, you know, pushing them apart. Cool. Can can you tell us about the aqueducts now? <laughs> now that we've like fixed your marital strife, I feel like this should be a little more quid pro quo. Priesty here won't say it because he's like too holy. But like, could you help us out? What's the deal with the fucking poison? You two, the two Israelites gain to piety, by the way. Yay! Now I'm only at negative two. <laughs> What's my? This has been a banner piety? day. Your piety for... is now twelve, Lauren. Where where do I see it on my? It's not on your character oh, sheet. Oh, okay. For some reason, the Dungeons and Dragons character sheet builder didn't include a little box for piety. <laughs> Ooh, Satan games. Satanic reasons. So you finally get a chance to to sit Zimri down and mm-hmm. and talk to him seriously, and he says. I assume you want to hear about about the happenings that have been uh, that have been occurring. Yeah, mm-hmm. we would mm-hmm. like to hear about all happenings and occurrings. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we started to notice that the right next all along the stream, which runs next to our our plot and which we get all the water from for our farm, the crops we grow uh, bananas here. Of course, as you noticed on the bananas, radio. yes, ba- bonanzas, a bonanza of bananas. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'll see myself out. <laughs> hey, leave the bombs to me. Oh. <laughs> they've been they've been turning black and brown and and turning to to rot and to mush mm-hmm. on the on the stalks, as it were, mm-hmm. um, just all along the river. And then whenever we would take a pail of water or uh, start moving the water to the other parts of the field, anywhere the water touched, uh, things would start to rot awfully, and you know. We had disputes with the water family, and 
You know, we followed the aqueduct up ourselves, and we started to find these strange figures in the water. We'd take them down. Um, because... You're talking about these uh, these skull crows. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> okay. And Hey, do you have any more of those lying around? <laughs> no, no, no. It would be ritually unclean to keep that kind of thing in, in your house. Well, just so you know, I'm a Hittite. I kind of I collect... Uh, well, I don't say... hold that against you. Uh, please do. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, no. Look, Israelites, as a people... We're very friendly toward foreigners because we were foreigners in Egypt. God decrees it. Of course. However, it's a we, sin not to accept a stranger into your house. However, we, you know, wouldn't want to intermarry with you um, because of your idol Yeah, worship. like, don't be gross. Hey, I had three Israelite wives. Are you kidding me? That's, oh, that's why I can't. Ex-wives. You have three Israelite ex-wives. Well, yes. Okay, ex-wives. But I was, uh, you know, rightfully divorced. Every time we would knock one down, another would ro- arise in the night. And I even stayed out, you know, with my with my machete trying to catch somebody, see who was doing it, and I, I couldn't see anything. But during the night, you can hear very strange sounds. What do they sound mm. like? Well, first a fog descends, and then it, it's it's suddenly like a like an echoing sound, like somebody chanting or, or singing in the distance. But it's a but it's a it's a cruel and sad song. Wow, nothing like I've ever heard. Do you think you can help us, Kohan? Uh. We're desperate for God's blessing. Here. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're observant Jews. We, we keep the Sabbath. We keep kosher. We do everything we've ever been told. Uh, but still, we seem cursed for some reason. All the families in this valley seem cursed. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking into it. Uh, I got one more query. <laughs> What's that, Bonanza? You, I, I'm, not, I'm not encouraged by that, Kohan. <laughs> and I hope you understand why. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yes. We're taking this matter very seriously. I've been dispatched from Jerusalem to solve this problem. We're going to do everything we can. Is it because... He's like super good at his job. Like, <laughs> it's fine. You'll okay. be fine. Okay. Look at all my turban gems. Look at the fucking gems, he man. He does have a full compliment, unlike yeah. Elzebad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So my query is uh, regarding the Wada family. First off, the name thing. I mean, that is just unimaginative. As someone who's a bit of a raconteur myself, the Wada family is a little bit on the nose, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Second... Fourth most of uh, my queries, uh, number two, would be, uh, what's the deal with them? Can you give us a little background on how your interactions went? Was there a back and forth, a repartee, if you will? Did you guys mix up uh, words with verbal fisticuffs? I'm not quite sure what transpired. Please enlighten me and elucidate uh, using your verbiage. <laughs> the, the, water, the water family has been taking care of the aqueducts in Jericho for generations. That's how they got their name. Oh, that makes sense. I see what they did there. Um, they are, they are the builders and the maintainers. They get, they're the only ones who are allowed to build anything new coming off of the of, off of Elisha's spring, and only only ones allowed to divert water in the valley. Um, and it's it's been like this for generations because water can get so political, something that it. no one else knows about. Um, Except us farmers here <laughs> in California, in, in Jericho, <laughs> in the Central Valley. Correct. Um, <laughs> I went and spoke to them. They insisted that nothing was wrong, that nothing was happening, that nothing could ever happen on their watch. Um, and I did get heated. You know what? And I I lashed out, but I paid my penance. Okay. I uh, I struck them in violence, but I did <gasps> give you up. Sh- you struck them in violence. I struck them in violence. <laughs> Dude, and even I know that's not cool. I paid She's my, a I paid my penance, okay? I, I spoke to Elzebad and okay. I gave a blemishless lamb and I, I burnt uh, 
sweet cedar wood. And, oh, nice odor on that. Mm. Yeah. And, nice uh, touch. Pleasing aroma to the Lord. And yeah. made an offering of, of three different kinds of spices. Oh, classy. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elzabad told me that that, that would uh, atone for my sins. Well, I, you know, if Elzabad was in charge, I'm sure everything went totally great and he didn't screw anything up because he's my cousin and I trust him. Your faith in your cousin is a <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah, because we're both Levites. We're both descendants of Aaron. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, yeah. I, I know. We can talk about that privately later. But okay. okay. But all, um, all I know is at the time, they're description of of their responsibility was not convincing to me and that's why i became violent what what violence did you commit Uh, i struck the the patriarch of the water family whose name is whose name is maon maon i struck him across the face nice Hmm. i mean like open fist or closed fist (laughs) Uh, my fist was open. Okay. Oh, okay. That's not as bad. But he, he did fall yeah. to the ground. Wow. Oh, that's pretty bad. Is he old? He's quite old. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> Is he 69 or older? Uh, <laughs> I've uh, never asked the patriarch his age. But he's wizened. Oh, my, yes. He's wizened. Okay. Or wizened, whatever. Hey, you know, he's probably wizened in that creek. Hey, uh, hey uh, can we... I think it's time to move on to the water family. Yeah, I think we should get going. Like, thank you, thank guys. you for your information. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, if you ever want to trade up, you know, <laughs> I, I think I like your fire. If she's Fuck gonna... off, you piece of shit. <laughs> All right. out of my house. I'm very used to that reaction. <laughs> please, uh, please, in future points of marital strife, please remember not only the story of Ruth and Naomi, but also uh, your unity in the matter of smacking old men in the face that's something you can agree on and also if you legitimately are feeling like trading up how's it going <laughs> <laughs> you keep it in your pants too we're going and, and, and tell your mother too the mage hand technically is not unclean because we're it's going not, it's not a foreigner's hand it's a magic hand so it's pure Bonanza, i didn't think we'd see eye to eye with that hana huh oh my god some fire she really gets me twirling we can talk about that the whole walk up to the water and family we we're not talking about that <laughs> Okay. Can, can we set off toward the water? Where can they, can they tell us where we where they live? You can figure you can figure that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in fact, it's quite obvious because Bonanza already knows where they live. So that was the first episode of our mini season two point five. Thank you for joining us. If you're not into cool ass Bible adventures, don't worry. We'll be back to a more regular format for season three soon. And a special thank you to our guests, Maggie Takuda Hall, who hosts the podcast Drunk Safari and is on Twitter at at E-M-T-E-E Hall, M-T Hall. Also to Greg, also in this episode, who is on Twitter at Laduke Violet. We are on Twitter at at Sunschool Drop. I'm at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled with an A like Shaquille spells it. And I am at Nico Bakulich, N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-A. And you can send us email at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. We'd love to hear from you. As always, our logo and art is by Elise Carlton. And engineering mixing tonight was done by Lauren. (laughs) It definitely wasn't. Okay, just, (laughs) I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Sunday School Dropouts, Does Testament, colon, an adventure, for all question mark see you on sunday